0: The last three seasons for Louisville football have been quite a whirlwind. I think we could all agree upon that. But one of the things that's been a constant force for Louisville has been Makai Beckton. Preston, would you not agree? I would agree. I would say that he was—he's the big ticket to success. <laughs> that is that's fantastic and cut yeah there you go and the show so, so you look back on Makai Becton when Louisville landed him as a as a freshman coming out of Virginia six foot seven six foot eight 360 pounds 350 pounds coming out of high school I mean uh, the guy that is literally put on this earth to play offensive tackle like that's what he looks like mm-hmm. and that's what he's going to be now that we know he's heading off to the NFL uh, we're going to be joined by Makai Becton here shortly but uh, in a way this is sort of a Makai Becton appreciation podcast yep. which uh, I think we could come up with a great uh a bunch of great names for the show. Mm-hmm. I think it should just be Makai Becton face. Yeah. That's it. I like that. People but will know what that is for the next twenty years. Makai Becton Face. Meme Kai Becton. Ooh, Meme that's a good one. Best, nah, nah, <laughs> not my best work. So we'll talk to him here in a little bit, uh, and we're gonna catch up with him on what's been going on uh since since the season ended for him, uh, what went into the decision for him to declare for the draft, the whole process of decision-making for the bowl and deciding not to play. And then we're also going to talk about 2018. We're going to talk about Scott Satterfield 2019. We're going to get a little bit of a glimpse of his career uh, and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I think that when you talk about Makai Becton, the one thing that, that you can kind of um, the, the, the general synopsis of him is just a mauler. Mm-hmm. That, no, I think that that's a fair – An impenetrable force. And I am by no means an offensive line uh, evaluator of talent. I yep. have no idea what makes a, a good offensive lineman a good offensive lineman. Uh, but what I do know is that uh, with Makai Becton starting, which he's started nearly in every game of his career, I think he's only not started in two or three games. I know he's missed one with injury this season, his first game out uh, with an injury. Uh, but the one thing that you can always count on is being able um, – to run to his side of the field. And Lamar Jackson did it uh, in 2017. Javian Hawkins clearly did it this season with Scott Satterfield's new offense. Um, they ran the ball with a lot of success and with a lot of power against really good defensive lines. And a lot of that can be credited to Becton.
1: And over the left side, too. That, that's, I mean, that's one thing that should be noted is that um, it wasn't, um, there, there wasn't any kind of like window dressing. There wasn't any, well, there was a little bit, but there wasn't any sort of like trickery, about it that they weren't going to run over the left side um, consistently on, on a consistent basis. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, look, the, Louisville basically, they knew that they had the best guy on the field um, for the vast majority of the time, and you couldn't do anything to stop it.
0: Yeah, and I think that—and uh, I I'm, 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 could be mistaken here, but I think it— some point, either Ledford said it or kind of led us on to believe, or maybe I just have always thought this in my brain, but uh, I think that when Dwayne Ledford took the Louisville job, part of that, uh, one of the big reasons why he would be willing to move to an ACC opponent? Uh, yeah, he did get a little bit of a role increase, but how could you not want to coach a guy like beckton Being right. Just seeing the tape of him, I'm sure he was familiar with him from when they were in C-State. Um, but what Becton uh, gave Ledford is just this big canvas who's got every talent that you could imagine uh, to coach and, and a really good kid at that great character um and he was able to kind of mold him in, into a professional lineman and really kind of change the way that he played and 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 you saw i mean four or five different uh you know NFL draft experts or or just uh, college football analysts tweeted out videos this year of Makai Beckton just absolutely steamrolling over men that are 64 65 275 pounds like Mm -hmm. throwing them aside like my my two-year-old throws her little dolls like i mean (laughs) it's it's unlike anything i've ever seen before and it's now led people it's you know that has been kind of jump-started those little viral videos have kind of jump-started the hype train for for makai i think and obviously i think it's smart for him to have capitalized on that road as such you know a couple weeks ago um but ledford ledford had an elite left tackle in his first season. And I mm-hmm. think the numbers show that for the offense. Um, and, you know, like I said, a big part of that is Becton.
1: I mean, the the biggest takeaway for me watching him this season versus previous seasons is just the development and growth and the way that they could use him in the offense. Uh, you see a lot in the NFL, there's lots of uh, there's lots of linemen pulling, you know, left or right, and basically, you know, a lot of trickeration in order to basically create a hole, create a gap in the offensive line. And previously, I don't know if you saw too much of that with in Bobby Petrino's offense, um, but that was definitely something that you saw this year. Was that he's just he's just a pure athlete. You know, like we saw the videos of him. Obviously, he's almost seven feet tall, but you saw the videos of him dunking a basketball with ease, one-handed, and just like doing all sort of different. He's things. an athlete. Yeah, like he's an, actually an athlete. Yeah. Like, like if he he's like one of those guys um, that could you know if he trimmed down a little bit, you could see him like switching sides of the ball or, like, catching a football even. Like, he, the, there's sort of things like we saw him score a touchdown Well, that's last the
0: year. one thing last year I think Bobby Petrino got right was mm-hmm. giving Makai Becton the ball when you know – I mean, I don't know why they didn't do it more. Because right. Mekhi Becton, you're down on the one-yard line. I think he literally can just walk in. Like, so that I mean, is, He
1: can't be tackled. That is one thing, and we, we'll get into this later with the analytics and the offseason and preseason so, sort of things, but Louisville basically didn't have to have any sort of goal line offense this year because if they're going to score, it's going to be from, like, 10, 20 yards out. So I never really got the opportunity to use like that "quote unquote" fat package, uh, but I would have loved to have seen him kind of, um, you know, get the find, ball more. Yeah, find the ball in his hands. Some kind of play time. action rollout. to, right. to, to no, Mike I. I was kind of expecting to see something like that in the bowl. Uh, well, obviously not not in the bowl game, but towards the end of the right, season, where, right, where
0: you can kind of right. get trickery, right, and, uh, or tricky with it, and uh, you know, not feel like you're risking a game or anything. I completely mm-hmm. agree. And, and we're and, actually getting word that we have Mister Beckton. On the
1: line right now, so we're actually going to cut to Makai. Makai, go right ahead.
0: All right, let's bring the man in himself. Louisville's starting left tackle for the for the last two seasons, been on the, the roster for the last three. You guys know him as the big ticket, Makai Beckton. Welcome into the podcast, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for taking time out of uh, what is we can imagine a busy schedule getting ready for the NFL draft. I don't think any of us know what that's like, but uh, I'm sure you've got a lot going on. Uh, so thank you for, for taking time out of it. Let's start with the wings at Coach Ledford's house. I think that's
2: the perfect place to start this
0: podcast. Alex, you want it, to know about the record.
2: I do. Uh, that was my ac- – we, we all had one big question to ask you for the most part. So mine was honestly uh, in your time in the basement, who has eaten like the most wings total? Because we heard the story of uh, of – Tommy Newhart, right? Yeah, Tommy Newhart eating what, like 18 wings in two minutes? But I know from from a fact, like you guys have to crush more than 18 in a night. So I I was just curious, who ate the most? Who ate the most?
3: Uh, if I can remember, I have to say, uh, my guy Caleb Chandler
0: probably ate the most. Caleb wings. Chandler, okay. And Under, who is like the answer. who's the guy that we would all kind of like expect to pound like be able to just put down endless amounts of wings, but they only had like five or six. Me. Okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> is that because you don't like you don't like chicken wings, or is that because you're just like you you don't nah, just, just like don't, to eat? It. I just don't eat that much. Okay. Well, that makes that makes perfect sense. All right. Well, let's jump into it. the The last couple of weeks have been like we said, busy for you. Declaring for the NFL draft after the end of the season, um, announcing that you would sit out the bowl game. Take us back into that decision once the season was over. Uh, for you, what was the biggest factor in declaring for the draft this season? Uh, me trying to get
3: healthy, like. Because you guys know I got injured against Miami and I missed uh, NC State, so I was just trying to get my ankle
0: right. In terms of leaving after your junior season and instead of coming back uh, for your senior season, do you, do you feel like um, you know wherever your draft placement is now is a spot that you felt like you can either improve or you're good with where that's at? Um, was it the injury that kind of you know potentially uh, kept you from coming back for another season? What was the biggest factor in just actually leaving Louisville?
3: Um, I mean I had to. I had to be able to get my ankle healthy so I could perform my best at the combine and at pro day. so that was my main concern so that's why I had to do what I did
0: let's go back to your recruitment and talk a little bit about before you came to Louisville um what was it you know that kind of drew your interest about Louisville um and, and when you got here you know how did things kind of go from the beginning of your career obviously you got to play pretty much right away but how was that that the recruitment process for you, and then uh, obviously getting into Louisville and and getting comfortable in your role.
3: Um, Louisville just reminded me of home. Like it looked just like Richmond, and then uh, that staff had recruited me. I felt I wouldn't say I felt the closest with that staff, but they felt just right. So that's why I, I came to Louisville.
1: Right. And it's, it's so, to me, when we when you kind of look at the kind of over overall trajectory of your career, um, you kind of. Had an opportunity, just like there's 22, 24 other guys that made a decision when uh, Coach Petrino left to to you know you you could have either taken off, and I'm sure there's plenty of places that would have wanted you, or you could have you know stuck it out at Louisville. What what overall went into the decision to stay at Louisville, and um the you know the uh, obviously it, it paid off. What 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 was kind of your your mindset going into that?
3: There, there was never a thought of me leaving. I never had a thought. Of leaving that school, so it doesn't matter who the coach would have been, I would have stayed either
1: way. We love to hear it. Um, so as far as as far as what the the season trajectory kind of it almost felt like a fairy tale, at least for for the fans coming from our perspective, the best turnaround um, in in college football all season, going from two and ten to eight and five. Um, it was kind of kind of a special group, you know. You, you know, you guys went through a lot of up and ups and downs. There's there was a really good season to start off for you. Um, obviously not, not what you expected the second year. And then just to finish on such a high note, um, what were your expectations going into the year?
3: Uh, going into this year? Yes, sir. Um, it was They were pretty high because we already had the talent. So I was already – we just needed the right coaching and the right discipline.
1: So what and, was – go right ahead. I'm sorry.
3: And I just, I just felt like we was already going to shock a lot of people.
1: What was the moment that you kind of knew? Was, was it before the Was it before the season? Was there a game this season? Um, I think for a lot of people, maybe the Boston College or Wake Forest win. Right. And win.
0: Well, and I would even say, if at, in the off season, I think that one of the things that really woke the fan base up, and it's silly as it sounds, was Day Williams uh, surprisingly not tweeting. This isn't a rebuilding year, and that's right. kind of what the, the memo was yeah. all season going into. it. But what was it for you when you guys knew, like, all right, we can beat some really good teams?
3: Spring ball, honestly. That's I like I it. I've like seen, uh, seen the way we practice. When he said, like, when he told you like, Coach Hedipa told you guys. So I interviewed the other day that uh, our first practice was our worst practice. And then after that practice, you can see how better we just got.
1: So it was almost like kind of like a come-to-Jesus moment. Like, you guys went out there. It kind of was like a lackluster first day and, you know, something just, you know, you guys either had the chance to, to kind of go out there and, and lay an egg or you could go out there and actually, you know, give you know give a full effort, give a full team um, effort going it going into it is basically what you're saying is that they, they just kind of uh, – you guys basically made that decision after the first day that that, that was just what was going to happen collectively.
3: Yeah, pretty much either in spring ball or in the summer as we work out. You can tell the way we worked out that we wanted it and, like, we were going to shock a lot of people.
0: Take us back to the, the first time you guys were introduced to Coach Satterfield. Obviously, you know, this is just a few weeks after the season ended in 2018 and everything that had happened then. But t- take me into your mind. What was your initial reaction to him speaking to the team? Uh, how did the, how did you feel like the message was received? Um, just kind of take us back to what you experienced there.
3: Uh, it, was, it was great because I shook his hand, so I was happy about that. So I felt like he was like a player's coach after that. And um, just the things that he told us, he li- he actually lived up to the things that he told us. So, what
0: about what about Coach Ledford? That a guy your size, like the, uh, you know, considering who your coach was before, a, a smaller guy. You come at Coach Ledford was an NFL offensive lineman, a big big man with a big beard, kind of an intimidating fella. Tell me about your first interaction with him and what that was like.
3: Well, uh, that was great because I was already excited. Uh, I tweeted out, "Let's work." And, they said that he was, he got hired, so I was already excited to work with him. So it was just like we were already like close when we first met each other.
2: Did you do any like uh, any sort of research on your own looking him up like when they announced that decision? Yeah, I did. And you, I would guess you'd have to be
0: pretty excited about the the history of him being able to put linemen into the NFL. I mean, multiple guys at NC State, obviously Garrett Bradbury last year winning the Remington Award. Um, you had to have been, you know, impressed with his acumen of getting offensive linemen to the league, right? Yeah. And what do you think in your mind? What was the biggest uh, thing that he kind of helped you improve on? I, I mean, I assume you went into the season, you know, with big goals to be able to put yourself in a position to make it to the NFL. But what was it specifically that he kind of hammered home from day one? Like, Makai, you got to get this right, and you can be special at the next level.
3: Uh, he told me to finish. He like told me I just need to finish more. Uh, he fixed my – like, he helped me – he changed my – the way I pass set, And, like, he just changed a lot of things that helped me a lot this, this past season.
0: How many times have you watched the, the tweet on Twitter of you tossing around a couple of those guys from Florida State and Clemson? You had to have watched that.
3: Yeah, I watched it a lot of times. That is, Not I right, think bro.
0: it's it's really interesting. Presley and I were talking about this before before the interview, but I think that you know a lot of people knew who you were last season, you know, just because of your recruiting status and, and how well you had played as a freshman and sophomore. But I think this season, a lot of the nation got pretty familiar with you once the videos of you tossing around grown men kind of got out there.
3: Yeah, I feel I feel the same way.
0: So so tell me about now that you prepare for the NFL what what are you up to right now where are you what's the plans for the next couple of months what's the biggest things you're kind of working on is it the 40 time are you getting ready for that you think you can out, outrun Lamar i would assume uh,
3: I'm 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 working on pretty much everything and you know, i'm working on speed working on strength working on getting my weight down I'm just pretty much working on everything.
0: What what's the weight that NFL that you believe that the NFL scouts are kind of looking for you to be in? Because I know right now I think you're listed at 369, which I have no idea in terms of offensive tackle if that's good or not. That's but. heavier than me. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. No, what's I, the, What's the I ideal playing weight?
3: You got to be about 350, 340
0: in that range. And when you go to the combine, one of the things that that I've been kind of curious about. Um, I think a lot of the the NFL teams are going to ask you about last season. I think that uh, you know, with the way that 2008 kind of un, uh, 18 unfolded, and especially with where Louisville had been, when somebody asks you about you know what happened in 2018, what do you think that you'll tell them?
3: Uh, I'll just tell them it was it was just I don't know. I can't even really explain it. It was just one bad season. Everybody has a bad season.
0: In your mind, for you last season, what what's the thing when you walk away from that you are kind of like either you most regret or um, the thing that you felt like you you know that you one thing that could have changed the season last year? Is there anything in your mind that kind of comes up when you think of that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I pretty much like try to forget about that season. I don't really think about it like that.
0: And I'm assuming that's a team mentality. I mean, that's kind of the message that Satterfield preached all offseason was, you know, moving on to the next page. Uh, and for you guys, you know, what every day, what did that look like for you all to move on and, and kind of get into 2019 and move into a new season and away from everything that had happened the year prior?
3: I mean, it didn't really take long for it to happen. It didn't take long for us to forget about that season. Like, we, we all wanted to forget about that season. We all said that in the first meeting. So it didn't really take long.
1: There's a lot of stiff competition, um, for this, but I, I, I just, I, I gotta come out and ask you, do you have the best meme face of the year? Or did you have the best Louisville meme this year? I know there's a lot of competition. I, so.
2: <laughs> you, you, I, I do too. Cause I, I was one of your voters for the freaky award. <laughs> so, uh. I, I was super hyped when you won that.
1: I don't know if we're gonna have a plaque or what, but we gotta yeah. send you something yeah, for the we'll, for the first we'll, freaky award. Yeah,
0: congratulations to you for yeah, the first freaky award in, in honor of Coach Brewer. That uh, that goes to you, Makai, So congratulations on that. But, but honestly, I mean I think that, that that picture is you know, as funny as it was, was a just kind of shows the change from eighteen to nineteen yeah, and just how much true. fun you guys were having. I do wanna ask you about this. We saw all season, all throughout the season when you guys would win that the whiteboard would come out with some kind of message on it. Um, how did that get started? Whose idea was that? And how did you guys kind of come up with what you put on there?
3: Uh, I forgot who came up with it. I think it was Tutu that did it first.
0: Makes it might not have
3: been, but I don't know. We just, it was just something fun.
1: Any non-Rocco approved was, whiteboard messages? Yeah, did
0: you have to get those approved before you could show them to the fans?
3: I don't I don't think so. I, was, I don't think the coaches
0: see
2: us do it. I was going to say because I, I I think there's a clip uh, from the from the bowl game there's a video of like uh one of the guys just writing it behind like uh yeah, right. behind the team and then he just threw it up to the fans. So I was like I'm pretty sure that's just like straight point A to point B but I will say we've asked a few former players uh who who have gotten to play with Lamar uh, at Louisville and I didn't know if you had uh, any stories about number 8 from uh, from your time with him.
3: Uh, I can just say he was, like, he's a real humble guy. Like, he's really cool. Like, he's, he's a people's person. Like, every time my brother sees him, like, my little brother sees him, he joys up. And, like, and my brother someone got, like, a friendship. Like, they cool somewhat. I like, he'll look at my brother and say, oh, they know my guy Mike. And, like, they'll take a picture every time.
2: That's awesome. Well, and especially since the, you know, the whole town in Louisville, like, we've just rallied around what is now, like, Baltimore 2.0. Down in Kentucky, yeah, uh, which is awesome because I, I think you know him and and probably Teddy are are probably the two most fan favorites uh, in a, in a while for guys going to the NFL and you're probably going to be right behind them uh, when you get drafted. But yeah, I mean that yeah. it's just great to hear stories from just his college days going into the pros and now the whole nation can kind of or the whole world can kind of see what he's doing and how he is. All right.
1: Well, we're, we're cutting it close. We're cutting it close on time. I did want to um, get you prepared for the NFL draft. And so in order to do so, um, you know, we, we didn't know if your agent was going to get on top of this. So we want to make sure that we bombard you with some with some really tough, hard hitting
0: questions that you might see at the combine. Yeah.
1: So these are actually questions that that people have been asked at the combine. Are you ready?
3: Yeah, we're going
0: to do this on the air? Yeah, we're going to do this right now. It's nothing bad. No, it's not bad. We went back
2: and forth to approve a few. (laughs) Nothing crazy here. This is
0: all just simple questions that you're going to hear at the combine. All right, Preston, go ahead. All
1: right, so number one, if you were stranded on an island, what three things would you bring? Uh, It's tough. This is while we're getting you ready,
3: Makai. Probably bring... My PlayStation.
0: All right. Great choice.
3: No, nah, wait. No, nah, I'm not bringing it. ain't no point.
0: <laughs> you got <bring, laughs> to bring a TV. Hey, and we didn't say myself. what else was on the island. I'm
2: like silently shaking my head no over here. I'm like, nope, there's no electricity. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. so what else is on the island?
3: Whatever. Just, you, yeah, whatever. Whatever. You, yeah, whatever you, yeah, use you you your imagination.
0: Your you can yeah. bring your PlayStation. Pick two other things. You can bring that with you. All right.
3: My TV. And my girl. There you you go. go.
0: Life is made. All right. If you could be any animal for one day, what would it be?
3: Uh, a bird.
0: Okay. All right. All right. This one. This one might be. You you know. You could. You have to think about this one. But uh, what is your go-to pickup move? What do you mean, pickup move? When you when you're you know when you're trying to holler at a lady, which obviously we know you've got a girlfriend. It's been a while. It's been a while. What's the what's the pickup move that, that you pulled originally? Uh, when when you when you when you pulled in uh, your lady,
3: I don't know. I ain't really got one.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a safe she, answer. I like. She that just answer. saw
2: the yeah. on-field performance, right. and he saw her encore performance, <laughs> and then it would just it blossomed from there. All right. If you had to eat the same meal at least once a day for the rest of your life, what would it be?
0: You said what? If you had to eat the same meal at least once a day for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Uh, steak. I like that answer.
0: Mac All right, last and one. Caesar salad. Okay, steak, steak and Caesar salad. Okay, I like it. I like that a lot, man. All right, last one. If you were trapped with one teammate for the rest of your life, who would it be?
2: Ah. I know this is like a this is like <laughs> an old school MySpace top eight right here. Well, we could have who said you? who would it not be. That <laughs> right. would have been a lot harder for you to answer. Who would it be? Who is why the, I, I got to be
0: one teammate? All right, though. you could pick two teammates then. You could take two teammates on two? this stranded island with you. Who are you taking?
3: Uh, Two teammates. It has to be uh, Ronald Roy and Don Luke Childs.
0: There I it like is. it. There he Taking a couple of offensive linemen with you. Mackay. man, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck. We'll be following along as you get prepared for the draft and uh, wherever you land, man. So uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir.